Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, the rollout of auto enrolment pensions is expected to commence on January 1st, 2024. However, amidst concerns from employers that the state is merely passing the buck in relation to solving the imminent pensions crisis, there are still many unanswered questions about how the initiative will work in practice. In order to demystify some of the uncertainty surrounding auto enrolment pensions, Niall O'Callaghan from Lockton joins us now. Niall, I've asked you to join us on this morning's programme to discuss auto enrolment pensions. But first, I'd like to hear about Lockton and the services which you provide. Morning, Carl. So Lockton is actually a global insurance brokerage and pension advisory firm. And uh, we actually have only set up the pension part of Lockton's in Ireland from June of last year. Uh, and we've got very exciting growth plans for what we want to do in Ireland. And we think there's a real opportunity in the Irish market for a company that's focused on advising both corporates and the employees around the issues like pensions, life insurance, health insurance, and making sure that people understand the nature of these benefits and how they can make the most of them. And of course, there has been much talk about auto-enrolment pensions over the past few years. And in a recent press release, Minister Heather Humphreys confirmed that it was proposed now that auto-enrolment pensions would be introduced from 2024. Is that realistic? Well, it's certainly going to be challenging for the government to hit those timelines. Um, Now, we were delighted to hear the commitment around that timeline. Um, But there is a lot of work to be done between now and then to make sure that it's possible. Um, And one of the key components of that, Carl, will be making sure that this kind of central processing unit, which is the, the, the facility that the government are setting up to make sure that employers can easily make the contributions on behalf of their employees and that they get allocated to the appropriate investment manager. All of that's going to be carried out by a central processing unit that's going to be um, run within the um, you know in the public sector and I think it's key that that gets set up in the right way and that it's able to function well from the start and we've seen in the UK that you know is probably the closest equivalent in the UK is something called Nest and the timelines to set Nest up were more like three years so it's going to be challenging to have it all ready for uh, 1 January 24 undoubtedly. Why is the government stepping into the pension space and introducing this auto-enrolment pension requirement? I guess if you look internationally, right, Ireland is probably a little bit behind the curve in this space. What has been shown that auto-enrolment when rolled out in other countries has led to an increase in the level of savings for people for their retirement. And ultimately, given that people are living longer, substantially longer, and that the ability to continue to support the state pension as it is today will become increasingly challenging for you know, governments of the future, not just in Ireland, but around the world. It is important that they put in place the ability for people or that, that people are saving more themselves as they kind of, and, and through their employment uh, earlier. And like, you know, whilst we do have good coverage of people in private pension provision in Ireland, There's no doubt that there is a gap for a lot of people that they either start too late or that they actually don't save into a pension at all. So auto-enrollment will help bridge that gap. But there's a stat that I always think is an an eye-opener in this, which is the one that says today nearly 50% of children born today in Ireland will live to be 100. 
Like so that's you know gives you a sense of well if you're retiring at sixty five and you're gonna to live to be a hundred, that's thirty five years, you're gonna have a serious fund there to kind of be able to support that. Um so the reality is that this is a really important thing uh for us to do, to be to be saving for our futures now. Do we know much yet about how auto enrollment is going to work? Well, we've a reasonable amount of detail, but um you know, there are some areas that you'd say there might be some gaps, but like the reality is that we know that it's going to be at the moment, the plan is that it's for workers aged between 23 and 60 who earn more than 20,000 per year, that they will be automatically enrolled into these new schemes unless they decide to opt out or unless they're an existing member of a pension scheme. Um, so that's a kind of a key one. Uh, we also know a little bit around the contribution level. So in years one to three, the way it will work is that if you as an employee contribute one and a half percent, then your employer will also contribute one and a half percent and the state will contribute half a percent. And that goes up uh, over time, you know, that if you contribute six percent over time, your employer will match that with six percent, the state will contribute two. So that's the plan that they'll kind of phase it in and increase the contributions uh, as you go. And I know that an awful lot of employers feel that auto enrollment is a way for the state to transfer the pension burden onto employers. What are your thoughts on that? It undoubtedly will put a cost strain on some employers. So it's important for employers to start planning for this now. My view on that is that the reality is if people are going to live longer in retirement, then it needs to be funded from somewhere. And, you know, really that's probably a tripartite commitment between the individual, the employer and the state, as it is today with kind of group pension arrangements, and uh, you know, in terms of the tax support that they're given through the state in terms of the contributions that employers make and in terms of the commitment for employees to contribute. So I don't see that changing with auto-enrollment, other than that it's going to spread the net wider. And I think, in reality, the responsibility does fall across all three of those parties to make sure that people have enough in retirement um, to be able to live to a quality of life that's appropriate for people in a country like Ireland. I know that Lockton is calling for the entry levels of auto-enrollment to be lowered from 23 to 18. Why is this the case? Well, the great thing about saving for retirement is that it's never too late to start because anything that you do save for retirement will ultimately help you in your retirement. But the other reality is that the later you leave it, the bigger the, the kind of hill is to climb. And the earlier you start contributing, the more impact it will have. And we feel that you know, why 23 and not 18? If you've got people who are in, in the labour force earning €20,000, uh, um, you know, working full time, wh- why would they not be saving from that date? You know, and I guess that we want to embed that mindset of saving as a habit. And we feel that the sooner that people can get into that habit, the more... Uh, inbuilt that habit becomes. What the international experience has shown is that once people get into it, they actually don't really notice much of a difference in terms of, you know, it's coming out of their pay, they're not seeing it, and they get into that habit quickly and actually then become really delighted as their pot grows and grows over time. And individuals with an income under €20,000 per annum will be excluded from the automatic opt-in. So what impact could this particular exclusion have? 
I can understand that from the administration side, um, but there will be some people who, as a result of this, will, will, will not qualify and as a result, you know, will not benefit from the uh, employer contribution or the state contribution. But on the flip side, they also won't have to or won't be contributing out of their own. So, you know, I think it's probably, you know, it, it's one of those ones that it's hard to call what's the right level and they have to call that somewhere. And in terms of the relevant employer and employee contributions, what are these going to be? They're going to phase it in, right? So in years one to three, the employee will pay 1.5%, which will be matched by the employer, and then the state will contribute 0.5. Years four to six, the employee will be 3%, the employer 3%, the state 1%. Years seven to nine, 4.5% from the employee and the employer and 1.5% from the state. And after the 10th year, 6% from the employee and employer and 2% from the state. The state is getting off quite lightly here, aren't they? Yeah. You know, I think you, you could argue that if you're looking at, say, somebody who is in the higher uh, tax bracket, um, at the moment when they make a contribution to pension, and uh, they get the full top rate of tax relief. And that's a more generous um, you know, rate than what's been provided here. Uh, on the flip side, if you're in the lower band of tax, the, the rate of support that you're getting through auto enrolment is better than getting tax relief. So it's kind of in a hybrid space. Um, there's no doubt that it could be, it could be um, better, but, you know, it's at a level that still should really encourage people to save. And of course, Niall, you know, we have a very diverse workforce here in Ireland today, thankfully, with people from all over the world coming to Ireland to work. So, for instance, if they avail and benefit from this auto-enrolment pension, and let's say they're going overseas in a few years' time to work or back home to their country of origin, is this pension pot transferable with them? Yeah, it's a great question, Caroline. And the answer to that isn't a simple yes or no. Um, it depends on the arrangements in place between Ireland and maybe their, the country that they're returning to. In many instances, yes, they will be able to transfer it. In some instances, they may not. Now, the good news, though, is that they will always still be able to access it, you know, at retirement. So when it comes to the point where they can access it, they'll be able to access it from Ireland at that point anyway. So it won't be lost. Talk to me about the administrative burden that will be on employers as a result of auto-enrollment pensions. The big one is, right, is, is managing payroll deductions. Now, in fairness again to the government, they've tried to do this in a way that makes it as easy as possible. So the structure here for the individual employee is that the, their, their auto-enrollment pension will move with them as they change employer. So it's not something that an employer sets up. It's something that an individual has in their name. And even if they move job frequently, they still have the same pot. So the big burden on the employer is that they need to be able to connect their payroll to the central processing unit. Now, that should be fairly straightforward. So really, it becomes a payroll issue. And we would expect, as has happened in the UK and other countries that have introduced auto-enrollment, that payroll providers will have an auto-enrollment functionality linked to the central processing unit that will be able to kind of make it fairly uh, relatively administration light for the employer. And Niall, from an employer's perspective, what should they be doing now to prepare for auto-enrollment pensions rollout? Again, a good question, Carl. Uh, you know, definitely it's a time to consider, well, this is coming in, so 
am I, do I need to think about, is now a good time to be looking at maybe the overall pension provision that I, impl- that I provide to my staff? Is a good time to be thinking about the contract that people are on and what works for me, for our organization, with the view that this, you know, the, the particular qualification requirements are in place around this. I guess just probably talking with somebody, an advisor even like ourselves or whoever it might be that companies are using to say, look, what do we need to be doing? How do we start to think about this? Should we be looking at if we have a pension already that certain employees don't qualify for? Should we be looking at that and maybe making it available for those employees? Or should we be thinking about how the existing benefits we provide will align with auto-enrollment? So there's a little bit of thinking, no hard action at the moment, but maybe just a little bit of thinking and planning. And from an employee perspective, is there anything that they need to do in advance of auto-enrollment coming in in 2024? The one thing I would say to your listeners is that you know, should always be thinking about can I be, start saving for retirement even now, even in advance of auto enrollment? Is there a little bit that I can be doing myself to kind of get myself a little bit more ready for this? Um, you know, be that setting up a PRSA, be that joining a company pension scheme that you're in already, um, but that maybe you've decided not to join. There are kind of things that you should definitely be thinking about and maybe taking advice on as appropriate. And finally, Niall, what percentage of employees do you think may opt out of auto-enrollment pensions in 2024? International experience has shown us that it's actually quite a low number, um, probably less than 10%. If anything, I wouldn't be surprised if our opt-out levels are even lower than in the UK. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Niall O'Callaghan from Lockton, and it's important that business owners now start planning for the rollout of auto-enrollment pensions. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.